Welcome to the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs Podcast. This show offers wisdom, inspiration, and tips on how women entrepreneurs build their businesses and how they incorporate mindfulness and spiritual practices to become successful. I'm your host, Martina Thomason, a certified entrepreneur coach. I specialize in helping women entrepreneurs overcome limiting beliefs to get more clients and grow their income. Now, let's jump into today's episode. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs podcast. I'm your host, Martina Thompson, and today I'm excited to introduce you to Marina Tran Vu, who started her own company called Equo in early 2020 launching successfully on Kickstarter. Recently, her company was awarded the SME 100 Fast Moving Companies in Vietnam Award, and she was named the Flix 21 Women Entrepreneurs to Watch in 2021 as well. So Equo is a sustainable brand delivering easy solutions for everyday single-use plastic items. So first line of products is drinking straws made from grass, rice, coconut, and sugarcane that are 100% plastic-free, biodegradable, compostable, and non-toxic. And future categories will include utensils, dishware, and stationery. So her products really doesn't ask anyone to learn or change their habits or learn new things or change their habits or behavior. They are just easy, no-brainer switches that you don't even notice them. So Mother Earth does those. So thank you so much for bringing this company to life, Marina. And I'm so happy that you're here to talk about it. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your journey. How did you come to want to start a company with eco-friendly products? Yeah. um, You know what? For me, it was a very, very... I think odd sort of journey. Um, I was born and raised in Canada, kind of lived my entire life there, even had my career there. Um, But about a couple of years ago, um, someone in my family got sick and I came over to Vietnam in order to help kind of take care of certain things that they wouldn't be able to themselves. And so that's actually what brought me to Vietnam. And when I first came to the country, I had no friends. I didn't know anyone. You know, I lived 45 minutes away from the city, from the downtown. Um, so I did what most people did during that time. Um, like when you first come to Vietnam, one of the things that people will be very aware of is that the country itself is known for coffee. So um, yeah, it's one of the biggest exporters in the world of coffee. And so I did what everyone did, which was I visited a lot of different cafes and coffee shops. And that's really where my journey started because it was where I found um, and discovered one of our first innovations, which is the grass straw. Um, You know, at first I was like, okay, what is this in my drink? Because I've never seen anything like it. I saw paper, plastic, I was very familiar with that. But this kind of grass straw, like, okay, what is this made of? And why have I never seen it before? So that's how everything kickstarted. And as I was kind of exploring more and more about the sustainability category in the space, I realized that, you know, this was a big opportunity, not only for me to bring something from kind of the East and from Vietnam, where it's my parents' home country and bring it to the rest of the world, but also for for me to be able to contribute and try to do better for the environment. Um, That really was more amplified um, after my nephew was born. And I realized, you know, I cared about someone other than myself um, a lot. And and so um, it was my nephew really kind of strived me to, to, pursue this business even more so because I really wanted to make sure that he had a world to grow up in 
in that was sustainable and just better than when I entered. So that's really what started the whole journey. Wow, amazing. So so you just saw the need and got inspired from seeing other solutions in, in those cafes and and also bridging the gap from thinking about the new generation. It was something that, um, to be honest, I'd never thought about before, you know, um, at the time, and, and even that was only a couple of years ago, but, you know, I was a young adult, so I was still like, okay, I want to focus on my career, you know, potentially getting married or things like that. Um, and it wasn't until all these different things happened that kind of made me shift some of my priorities um, and made me care about different things than that, that I had never thought about beforehand. So that really pushed me towards starting this business. And then starting the business itself really jump started this whole journey of exploring things about myself I didn't even know as well. Yeah, I see so many of my clients as well, how they have to grow mentally and stretch their beliefs and get out of their comfort zones in order to sort of get to that next level. So having a business is like almost the fastest and biggest way for self-development because you're just forced to do all these things that you would never even have imagined that you'd have to do. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And like the word you use is like, you're forced to do it a hundred percent. I don't think that if I had ever started my own business, that I would have been ever put into that position where I would have to discover these new things about myself or learn these skills that I, you know, maybe didn't prioritize or even thought I needed to have beforehand. So you're absolutely right. Entrepreneurship is like this massive, like person behind you, pushing you to do things that, you know, might've been scary or you've never done before. Yeah. So where's your business at now? You have obviously had a really successful Kickstarter campaign and you've got some factories going. So tell us what you, where you're at now and sort of your future plans for your company. Yeah. So after we had launched on Kickstarter and finished our crowdfunding in June of last year, uh, we delivered our products to our customers in September. And that's when we started to work on actually selling and launching into the market. So we launched into Australia, Canada, the US and in Vietnam in around mid-November last year. So we're still very young. We've only been selling for about three months or so. Um, and so that's what we're doing right now. We're just focusing on selling, driving awareness of our products, hoping that people will try us as a sustainable alternative to plastic and paper. And then on top of that, we're actually raising uh, capital uh, to help fund our operations and business. Uh, we're a startup, so we're still quite small, but you know we're expanding rapidly. There's a huge demand for our products in the market too. So we're trying to be able to keep up with that demand. And one of those ways is through uh, raising our seed round, our angel round. Um, through various different means. Yeah, amazing. So you're looking for investors to really take it to that next level. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that the investors um, or anyone that kind of potentially in the future will take a chance on our products, uh, take a chance on me, you know, as a first time female founder, um, you know, take a chance on sustainability and, and place their bets on that uh, for the future. Yeah. So um, you are mentioning... Um, your customers. So who are they? Is it mostly B2B, like cafes, restaurants, that sort of stuff? Or how, how do you see your customer group? Yeah, I think we see it kind of in two ways. Um, the first off is, um, you're correct, B2B restaurants, coffee shops, you know, big uh, consumer packaged goods companies that usually bundle a straw with their drinks. Um, that's who we want to target. But um, as you can imagine, it might be a little bit difficult as a small company to try to get their attention. So we're doing our best, but alternatively on the other side, we're also kind of 
uh, focusing on the end consumer. The end consumer, if you think back a couple of years when there was this turtle video that was released with like a plastic straw being pulled out of a turtle's nose, what really drove change in the entire industry for plastic straws and just plastic in general was this video and the consumer pressure that they put on organizations to make a change. And so we want to appeal to them. They, they're more than willing to understand, take the time to test out our products, validate our, our proposition, you know, check out to see if we're actually a legitimate company. Yeah. And then there, the hope is that they would also help to us to rally and get the attention of these bigger corporations to make the switch. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So really using that consumer power to drive beneficial change for the uh, poor animals and the environment and and the earth as a whole. Yeah. Well, I I would say that one thing that you said makes perfect sense, which is like, you know, the consumer has actually so much power and everyone says like, you know, I'm just one person. That's actually kind of our model. Uh, It's about small solutions, big impact. And that that is, I think, seen on the consumer side too. Like you may think that it's just one person or two people or three people who are making a change and that won't make a difference. But if enough of those one people or two people kind of get together and make that change, it can have a huge impact. And so that's really what we're banking on too, is that we create a product that people care about, have a story that people care about, and also one that is different, you know, a different approach to the sustainability category um, that they like, and that is beautiful. And then that way they, they hopefully put some pressure on these larger organizations. Yeah, exactly. Because when we don't even have to change our habits and it's just like, it makes so much sense to buy it then um, obviously a lot of people that are more eco-friendly or focused on that sort of uh, mindset starts the wave. And we got that curve, you know, like early adopters and then and you get the big bell curve and, and you jump the chasm and all that sort of stuff. Um, I used to work with a, a lady. She, um, she wrote her master's degree for this guy um, who looked at the spread of electric cars in Norway. And what they found was what they call the neighbor effect. So when they saw the the car, that the neighbor had the car, it it almost spread spread the same way a virus does. So you get these hubs, like hotspots of people that think for themselves and then other people around them adapting. And and that's sort of how it spreads. And I suppose that it would be slightly similar with your model. So if one cafe starts using it or or one person has it for their birthday or, you know, whatever, um, and the message spreads, then eventually we'll get there. No, a hundred percent. We're we're just hoping that you know enough people give us a shot as as a new brand and as a new company that um, you know it trickles down to the rest of their network. And um, even so, we try to make it as easy as possible for them to be able to share it with with others. Um, you know, all, all of our products themselves they don't require that you learn anything new or change your behavior, like you know carrying it around or washing them. Um, it's literally just a switch from our product to. Uh, from from a previous product like a plastic or paper straw over to us and you may not even notice it because you know it's it's such a quick change and you're not changing any sort of behavior you may not even notice it but already by using our products you're doing better for the earth yeah which is amazing like that is the most effective way to go about 
creating change. We've spoken a little bit about your journey and sort of how you saw the need for a new wave of solutions uh, in terms of the plastics and uh, where you're at now. But because this is a podcast for conscious women entrepreneurs, I always want to ask my guests about their experiences and lessons in running a business. So how does running a conscious business look like for you in practice? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing I learned was um, just the amount of self-confidence and belief that you have to have in order to start a business. Um, you know, I worked in corporate for about eight to 10 years, um, you know, just kind of climbing that corporate ladder and being kind of, I, I guess, growing my career in this very structured environment. And being an entrepreneur, there is no structure. There's so many different ways that you can become an entrepreneur. And through that journey, you're going to have to rely on yourself as like the person that is going to make the right choice. You know, even if you make the wrong choice, you're going to have to rely on yourself to get yourself out of it too. And so that was one of the biggest things I learned kind of starting my journey. And then even right now in my journey is that regardless of where you are at, regardless of, you know, how successful you are or not, the only thing that's going to keep you moving forward is your belief in your vision, your belief in what you're doing and your belief in yourself that you can actually do it. And it's a, it's a totally a fully kind of self-fulfilling prophecy sort of um, kind of methodology and idea is that if you believe it, it will happen. Yeah, that's um, one of my all-time favorite quotes. It's actually from Henry Ford, and it goes, "What do you think you can, or you think you cannot? You're right." And yeah. it really comes back to that self-fulfilling prophecy um, that you have to believe that you can do it if you want it to work. Because if you don't believe it is going to work, especially as an entrepreneur, like who else are going to believe in you? Yeah, exactly. And that, those are actually um, that kind of ide ideology from like Henry Ford, like for me, that also translated into like these two books, which are my favorite books um, that were all kind of self-help um, almost, but like there was one book um, by an author named Paul Arden, uh, which was titled, it's not how good you are, it's how good you want to be. Um, and, and it's all again about this belief. It's like, okay, how good do you want to be? How, how, how much do you think you're actually going to succeed? Because if you think that that's what you're going to achieve. And if you, if you think like, okay, I'm only going to achieve or hit this mark, then you're only going to be able to hit that. You know, you, you create your own ceiling. Yeah, exactly. Because you had not really been in the eco environment before. It wasn't necessarily something that you uh, had considered your whole life. Um, but was there ever resistance towards speaking and living your authentic truth and really stepping into this new role? Yeah, that is an uh, like a great question. It was something that I struggled with um, actually when I started this company. Um, and I, I know a lot of people say like, it might be imposter syndrome. That was something for me too, as it, like being an entrepreneur, but also going into the sustainability space, both were big challenges for me. Um, you're right, before this, I wasn't exactly the most, you know, green person. I wasn't an environmental scientist at all. But um, I think after I was kind of learning more about the industry, I turned that more into a strength because I wanted to do better. I knew I wanted to do better. I wanted to do better for the earth, but I didn't know how. And if I thought about it kind of outside of just myself, 
there are millions and millions of people out there right now who are probably thinking the same thing. They want to do better, but sustainability can be a little bit intimidating because, you know, sometimes you hear if you're not doing this right, then you're a terrible person. Or if you're using plastic at all, you know, you're, you can't call yourself sustainable. And I think that was where I was. And I wanted to start my journey somehow. And so um, I kind of flipped that around and said, okay, this is a strength because I understand that consumer, the consumer that doesn't know how to start, a consumer that is just starting their sustainable journey. And going at it from that perspective, what I can do to help myself is to educate myself more. Think about all the things that I can educate myself on with sustainability and talking to different people. And after that, see how I can translate that to someone else who was me, you know, a couple months ago or like a year or so ago. So, so that's how I tried to address that. But you're right. It was a massive, massive challenge when I started. Yeah. And it's so interesting because what we find in marketing as well, because I've got a, a long, um, long experience within marketing and what we found to be the most efficient was actually following someone's journey. It wasn't like we're perfect and whatever, because that's not relatable. It's not um, it's almost not achievable for a lot of people, but really having that vulnerable communication, like, look, I started here and then I, I educated myself and I realized and I found all these things. And then you show them how you took those particular steps and how easy it can be. And just like certain swaps. And like you say, you don't even have to change your habits. You just change the product and you make a massive difference. Um, so simply by, um, being open to um, checking out new things and being curious about the journey um, really is a super effective way of um, marketing products as well in terms of like for your business like you don't have to be the expert you just show that you again want to be better yeah and and you said it like perfectly you just have to make sure that you're authentic and you stay true to yourself and and what you present out to people because you know people nowadays are very smart you know they can they they're they're sleuths at finding anything and everything about you on the internet or in your personal life so they'll be able to, to tell if you're faking things if you're you're like oh yeah i was you know classically trained in environmental science for years like they can find that out but if you actually present yourself authentically and say hey these are things that i don't know or these are things that we're not doing perfectly yet but we're trying to find a solution, then people would be more welcoming to, you know, yourself, your message and your products. Yeah. And it also create engagement because if you're asking like, what do you do? Like, what's your solutions? What are your habits that have, have worked for you? Then it becomes this whole nice dynamic community around it as well. And they, um, you know, there's actually a, um, a brand in Norway called Claude, which is underneath like this large corporation, but um they are focusing on sustainable products. Um, it has up until now been mainly um, cleaning products mm -hmm. and they have done such a great job to ask their followers, like, um, what do you want the next product to be? What do you um, like to do with this product? What are your habits? And so they really created this movement of, um, both great advertising and, and marketing, but movement for lowering the bar of living more sustainably and making it a fun thing. 
Yeah. And, and I think that's super, super important. That's, that's what we're trying to do uh, as well as a brand. We've seen some really amazing pioneering uh, sustainable brands before us do awesome things and, and they've changed the category. Now we're trying to help build off of that by saying, okay, so is there an adjustable market that, that they have not you know, tapped into yet? which may be these people who, again, are just starting their sustainable journey or are trying to figure out how, and then can we address them and help bridge that gap to maybe become more sophisticated, sustainable consumers later on. That I think is, is something that we try to do um, just based off of all the great brands that have done that before us. And, and so you're right, engagement is extremely key in order to, to figure that out with the consumer. Yeah, you've been on this journey for a little over a year. Uh, specifically with this business. So uh, we spoke a little bit about this before the show, but if you were to have a coach alongside you for this journey, what is something that you would have loved to get coached on? I would have loved to honestly get just coached on just mental strength. Um, I think a a lot of times, and this is just my experience as an entrepreneur, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure because you're hiring and and you're responsible for a lot lot of different people and their jobs and their livelihoods. You're responsible for, you know, maybe investors money or, or even like the amount that you're spending, you're responsible to these suppliers that you're working with or these partners that you're working with. Um, But what no one teaches you when you get into that is how to be mentally strong enough to handle all that. Um, And I think mental health is one of those topics. Nowadays, it's gotten a lot less taboo to talk about, but it's one of those things that I I really struggled with at the beginning. Um, As I mentioned, imposter syndrome, trying to figure out, okay, is this the right move? Or like, how do I deal with everything given all the pressure that's going on around me and people relying on me? Or, you know, people even saying like, I have so much faith in you, I, I believe in you, when you may not believe in yourself. It's, that is something I really wish I would have had someone coach me through um, like during that time. So I had to learn, I think, things the hard way. There were a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of, you know, a lot of tears and a lot of stress that came with like starting a business. And if I had someone there to help guide me on that, I think it would have been a lot easier and I probably would have a lot less wrinkles right now. <laughs> <laughs> so tips for everyone, wrinkle prevention, get a coach. <laughs> and get enough sleep and let them let them help you figure out like how to best handle all the stuff that's coming rather than trying to handle it yourself like as an onslaught yeah amazing we're actually approaching the end of this interview and so i have three rapid fire questions for you what is your favorite quote my favorite quote would be uh, it's better an oops than a what if (laughs) i love it Amazing. It's a, it's a very nice one to bring with you in your tool bag as an entrepreneur. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you don't know what's going to happen, if you don't try. Yeah, exactly. Uh, actually, piggybacking off that, one of my other favorite ones is um, you fail if you don't try. Like you 100% fail if you don't try. But if you try, at least you have a 50-50 chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's all I think within the same realm. It's, yeah. it's just like as just as a person. If you think you're going to fail already, then you're already going to fail because you never gave yourself a shot. But if you give yourself a shot, maybe you will end up failing. So, so I think that kind of encapsulate, like your quote and my quote, they kind of encapsulate that really, really well. Yeah. So um, next question, what is the book that has impacted you most in terms of your entrepreneurial journey? 
Um, so there was the first one that I had mentioned uh, by Paul Arden, but um, there's a second one that was really good. Um, it's called Into the Magic Shop. Um, that's the abbreviated version. Uh, and it's by an author named James Doty. And it basically tells the journey about how as a child, you know, he, he imagined things, he, he envisioned things, and he did certain things as a habit every single day to help him get out of like, you know, the situation that he was in, the environment that he was in. And so that, again, is to just tie back to this whole self-fulfilling prophecy of imagining and envisioning what you do. And if you do that every single day and you really believe it, then you can achieve it. Yeah. So that would be Amazing. I'll have to check that out. I tend to lean towards more like, you know, um, self-help books in terms of um, strategy, uh, mindset and all of that sort of stuff but having it as a, a storyline I haven't really explored yet so I'll, I'll jump into that um, okay so last one what is something that the listeners can do or focus on this week to get them closer to being a successful entrepreneur and living life on their terms um, I would say um, the one thing I learned when I was an entrepreneur is that your goals are always going to change but you have to make sure that you track them so for example, when I first started the company, I was like, you know what, I want to make a sustainable company that brings stuff from Vietnam over to the West and to bridge that gap. Then I was like, okay, my second goal as my nephew was born, I want to build a better world for my nephew and future generations to come. Then like, you know, it, it progresses. And so your goals are not always just going to be one dimensional and not just, you're not just going to have one throughout your entire life. So to, to make sure that you progress towards an like a journey of an entrepreneur, always write down your goals. And no, matter, no matter how small, no matter how big they are, just write them down so you can keep track of how you're progressing. Yeah, amazing. I love that. So where can the listeners find you and your amazing products? Oh, um, yeah. So you, uh, you guys can find us on uh, our website at www.equointl.com or you can find us on Amazon as well, where we're listed as a product on there. And we're available again in Australia, Canada, US and in Vietnam. I'll link to this in the show notes as well so that it's just easy to click through. And um, as one single message from this whole conversation, uh, what do you feel is the biggest takeaway? Um, I think just in talking with yourself, uh, the biggest takeaway, at least for me, um, kind of being a guest on here is that, you know, you're always learning from your journey, no matter what, even in my conversation with yourself, I, I realized as I was talking to you that I was learning things about myself as I was going. So um, that is the biggest takeaway. You're always learning no matter, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what you're doing, you're always learning. Yeah, yeah. If you're interested in, um, you know, looking at their products or exploring how you can live more sustainably or just being inspired, go and check out Marina and uh, Equo. And um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was amazing to talk to you and good luck for your journey. Thank you so much. And thank you again for having me. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anyone who would benefit from listening in. As always, please leave a review, five stars for good karma. And if you think we need more mindfulness and spirituality in business, if you're interested in coaching with me, head on over to my website and schedule a free discovery call. Finally, if you have any inquiries, 
or you would like to interview me on your show, shoot me an email. Details are in the show notes over at my website, martinathompson.com. Have an amazing week. Cheers, guys. Oh, 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 oh,